0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins as a called and ordained servant of Christ. I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
1: Awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Rise up, come to our house. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended against all adversity through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever.
0: The first lesson for the Sunday called Sexagesima is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, will grow the pine tree. And instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Let your enemies know that you alone whose name is the Lord, our most high over all the earth. O my God, make them like whirling dust, like chaff
0: before the wind. The second lesson is written in St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapters 11 and 12. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you, have even, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or pushes himself forward or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. What anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus... The governor, under King Eratos, had the city of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered from a basket in a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who, 14 years ago, was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 8th chapter.
1: Glory be to you, O Lord.
0: While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this meant. He said the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go down their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a good and noble heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop." This is the gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise be to you. O
0: Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. The parable of the sower is about the word of God in his children's hearts. It's not really the word that it gets snatched at and tempted and choked, but the people. It's not a parable about the four different kinds of people, some of whom have good and noble hearts. Rather, it is about the Word of God that circumcises hearts and transforms them from being hearts of stone to hearts of flesh. Our Lord told this parable as he perceived that many people were coming to him only for the sake of some vain curiosity to see a spectacle or with some ulterior motives. You see, there's a darker side to the Gospel. Not everyone believes. The Lord will not force Himself on anyone. Some reject and are damned. Some hear for a moment but give up when tempted. Some are choked out by worry and greed. There will be a harvest, a sifting, a judgment on the last day. God put ears on sinners so that they would hear his word and be warned and in the warning also be changed. Every Christian endures the attack of demons, the pressure of temptation, and worries of the flesh. No one comes out unscathed. Even St. Paul, as we heard, suffered a messenger from Satan to keep him from becoming conceited. This parable is a warning. The attacks you suffer are dangerous. And if you do not abide in the word of God, you will lose your faith and suffer the fate prepared for the devil and his angels on the last day. Repent. For none of us fears God's punishment as we should. And all of us have sinned lightly as though our sins were pets. There is, however, good news in this parable and that is this, that the sower keeps on sowing. He doesn't look for good and noble hearts to plant his seed in, he simply looks for hearts. Hearts corrupted, hearts weary, hearts afraid, and he only saves sinners. He sows his word without regard to how likely it is to take root and grow. For he knows that the power is in the seed and not in the soil. He seems reckless, wasteful to the eyes of men. He's not like our farmers. He he doesn't plot and plan and, and figure out the most economical way to gain a greater harvest. He simply sows. And he throws his seed without without caution, without preparing the soil even. He sends out his word to those who need it. To those who cannot save themselves. To those that the demons would otherwise claim for themselves. Jesus' disciples are models of faith here. When Jesus tells the parable, they don't immediately understand what they're hearing, but they are hearing They were seeking God. The same parable that hid God from unbelievers and even damned them drew the disciples to listen more closely, to ask Jesus, what did he mean? They were seeing and hearing what the prophets longed to see and hear. The mysteries of the kingdom of God were given to them. And the mysteries of the kingdom of God are given to you. But faith on this side of glory is never satisfied. It always seems to want more. That's what the disciples wanted. More. They wanted answers from Jesus. More from Jesus. Take, for example, a a Christian widow might piously claim that, that she's at peace because her husband has been relieved of his suffering and she knows where he has gone. But she in faith wants more. So she longs to be with him, to join him, and is eager for the culmination of her faith and the end of her sorrows and temptations and the end of her mourning. So it is we confess and we are confident that Jesus lives and we're confident that our sins are forgiven, that he is present for us in the sacrament of the altar. But we're still being snatched at and tempted and choked with worry." Not only is the will of God sometimes hidden from us, but sometimes so also are some of his words. We don't understand all that we are given, everything that we've been promised, and yet we trust by grace that his word is true, that his word is good, and that he is good, And that is good for us. The only antidote is more of what started it all. More seed. More word. More Jesus. For we will be snatched at and tempted and threatened by choking worries until we are brought home. so the sower keeps on sowing. So God provides a constant and an ongoing application of the word. We cannot stand against God's enemies. We are weak. They are strong. We can't produce fruit for him by an act of our will or by good intentions. But there is a promise, see? His word does not return to him empty, but accomplishes that for which it was sent. And his his word has been sent. His word was sent by the Father to become flesh and dwell among us. His word made flesh, bore all the accusations that might have been leveled against you justly, but of which he he was innocent. In addition, he bore all the false names and accusations, all the slander that has ever been said against you. His word made flesh was sent to go to the slaughter, to accept the verdict of guilty in your place, to be killed for crimes that you committed. God cannot die. And yet God, as man on the cross, died. That which could not be, became, it happened. And you have been set free. That word was sent to live. And so he rose from the dead. God as man, alive, vindicated, to break down the very gates of hell and to open heaven to all believers so that you might live. By this word, he speaks you righteous. He declares you innocent. There is no one left to accuse you. Now, Instead of the thorns and the briars, up comes the pine tree, up comes the myrtle, up comes you. It's a miracle. For to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. To the one who has, more is given. Grace isn't fair. And chief of all these mysteries is that God became man, that he died and rose to atone for the sins of the world and to make you his. And in that mystery also abides the mystery of the Holy Communion where, where he comes to you in that human body and blood from the dead, risen to join you to himself. To you, O most blessed of all men, to you it has been given. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. In peace let us pray to the Lord, Lord have mercy. In thanksgiving for his tender mercies that the Lord of the harvest would implant in us his holy word, that in good and honest hearts we may keep him, let us pray to the Lord, Lord have mercy. For the church that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest, let us pray to the Lord, Lord have mercy. For all Christians, that we would be preserved in the pure teaching of his saving word, whereby faith toward God is strengthened, charity increased in us toward all, and his kingdom extended in all the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the health and prosperity of all in authority, especially our president, our governor, and all those who serve in our armed forces, that God would endue them with wisdom to serve and maintain righteousness and hinder and punish wickedness, that that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, that God would comfort them with his Holy Spirit to receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestations of his fatherly will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord of the harvest would preserve us from false and pernicious teachings, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from failure of harvest and famine, from anguish of heart and despair of his mercy, and from an evil death, and that he would show himself at every time to be a very present help in trouble. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who commune, that the Lord of the harvest would grant us worthily to go to his altar in faith, to receive the very body and the true blood that his Son has given for our redemption. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Now to him who is able and ready to supply all human needs, whose word is planted within our hearts to bear abundant fruit, be all glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you.
1: Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God.
0: It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Blessed are you, O Lord of heaven and earth. We praise and thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ. And we remember the great acts of love through which he has ransomed us from sin, death, and the devil's power. By his incarnation, he became one with us. By his perfect life, he fulfilled your holy will. By his innocent death, he overcame hell. By his rising from the grave, he opened heaven. Invited by your grace and instructed by your word, we approach your table with repentant and joyful hearts. Strengthen us through Christ's body and blood, and preserve us in the true faith until we feast with him and all his ransomed people in glory everlasting. Amen.
1: Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it,
0: in remembrance of me. Therefore, O Lord, according to his institution, we, your servants, celebrate here before your divine majesty. With these, your holy gifts, the commemoration your Son has willed us to make. Remembering his blessed passion, mighty resurrection, and glorious ascension, we give you most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits he has secured for us, and we humbly ask you to grant that by his merits and death, and through faith in his blood, we in your whole church may receive forgiveness of sins and all other benefits of his passion.
1: Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
0: We give you thanks, O Lord, for the foretaste of the heavenly banquet that you have given us to eat and to drink in this sacrament. Through this gift you have fed our faith, nourished our hope and strengthened our love. By your Spirit, help us to live as your holy people until that day when you will receive us as your guests at the wedding supper of the Lamb, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.